Where'd it go? It's good. All the time. You know, we've been talking about the Word, and we know Jesus is the what? He's the Word. He said in John, I am the way, the truth, and the what? Life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He is the life. I want to talk about abundant life, resurrected life, the life we have. But to do that, I want you to understand that every time we use the word life, it's Christ. Colossians 3 says he is our life. We have no life apart from him. So when we're talking about life, I want us to see that he is our life. We've been reading Fromke's book again. I'd encourage you to go back and read it again if you got it. Uh, this, this is a chapter we've just been reading on. It's The Way of the Cross. It says, To move along the highway of realization, enjoy living by the life of another. Catch that. You've never heard that term before, have you? Is not a way of least resistance, even though you may be surrounded by Christians. A shock comes to those who find themselves on another highway altogether because the Christ life can only be lived in one way, lived unto God and poured out for others. Let me say that again. One way. Live your life unto God or in God and poured out to others. The moment we think we can settle down to use him and his life for our own living, he and his life won't be ours to use. Divine life does not operate that way. We have not been delivered from the world as long as we continue to interpret Calvary as it benefits us. Even though we may share many benefits with those who are lost, we are doing so in our own way while preserving our own rights to rule. Multitudes of believers are in captivity to a world system of security and rewards. God waits to turn their captivity when they come to the end of their own ways. But he will never thrust his way upon anyone. It is our privilege and glad-hearted char- char- uh, choice to move onto a highway where life is under him or living into him. That's powerful. You know, I was talking about life, and, and I was thinking about Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six, where he said, I will give you a new heart <clears throat> and a new spirit. And I will take away the stony heart, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And he says, I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. Now, Father, we just ask you to just take this word and help us to see it in light of what, what you've done for us. And he says, I will cause you to walk, and you will keep my judgments. <clears throat> and you will dwell in the lands that I gave to your fathers, and you'll be my people. I'll be your God, and I'll always save you from all your uncleanness. Boy, that sounds like New Covenant, doesn't it? And he says, and I will call for the corn, the increase, and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the trees and increase the field. And you will receive no more reproach and famine among the heathen. And then you will remember your evil ways and your doings that were not good. You shall loathe yourself in the sight of your iniquities and your abominations. And he's talking to Israel. Now listen, not for your sakes do I this, saith the Lord. Be it known unto you, be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, in the day that I shall have cleansed you. How many of you know he's talking about the new covenant here? In the day when I shall have cleansed you, I will cause you to dwell in your cities, and the waters and the waste shall be built. And the desolate land shall be tilled, where it lay desolate in the sight of all that pass by. 
And they shall say, This land that was desolate is become like the Garden of Eden, and waste and desolate ruined cities have become fenced and inhabited. Then the heathen that are left round about shall know that I am the Lord that built the ruined places and plant that that was desolate, and I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. How many of you know he's already done it? The new covenant is already in place for the house of Israel. All they have to do is receive it. They don't have another covenant. It's this covenant we already are living in that they will begin to see. And, and I looked in chapter 37, <clears throat> just continue with the thinking of what God did. And he says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. See, bones speaking of our old dead life and the old way of life. And he caused me to pass by around them, and behold, there was very many in the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said, Son of man, can these bones live? Have you ever wondered sometimes when you're in this old desolation place of old nature, can it live? We try to make it live, don't we, Steve? We do everything in our power to try to make it live, but it's already dead. And I said, O Lord, you know. And again he said to me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O you... Oh, you dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. You know, uh, yes, Lord. He said we missed something there in Hebrews. He said, are they not ministering spirits sent to minister for you that shall be heirs? You need to be speaking to those angels around you to do things. Most of them are tired of sitting around on the fences watching us do stuff. They come to minister for them that shall be heirs of the kingdom. They're there ready to do things for you at your bidding. Don't be afraid to speak. Goosebumps. Woo. Don't be afraid to speak. Thus saith the Lord unto these bones, Behold, I cause breath to enter in you, and you will live. And I lay sinews upon you, and bring you flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you will live. <clears throat> and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I prophesied. And there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone upon bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above. And there was no breath in them. And he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. How many of you know the wind speaks of the Holy Spirit? That's right. what the Holy Spirit. Prophesy, Son of man, say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord, Come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe upon this slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and breath came into them. Came where to them? Into them. Hallelujah. And they lived and stood upon their feet in exceeding great army. Then he said, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost and we're cut off. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves. How many of you know the graves has been opened? And cause you to come up. Sounds like resurrection to me. And bring you into the land of Israel. And you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out of your graves. And I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land, and you will know that I am the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Now, let's don't stop. <clears throat> the word of the Lord came to me again, saying, Moreover, son of man, take one stick, right upon it for Judah. And for the children of Israel and his companions, take another stick and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim. And for all the house of, of Israel, his companions, and join them one to another, one stick, and they shall be one in your hand. They shall be what? 
Oh, come on now. And when the children, he says, and when the children of our people speak unto thee, saying, Wilt thou not show us what thou means by these things? Say unto them, Behold, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I take one stick, Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel, his fellows, and put them with even in the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they shall be one in my hand. And the stick wherein thou writest shall be in thy hand before their eyes. And say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I take of the children of Israel from among the heathen where they gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them to their own land, and I will make them one nation in the land. Come on now. Upon the mountain of Israel. And what's the whole purpose of the new covenants? The Jew and the Greek shall become one. One new nation. One new man. And he says, and one king shall be to them all. I wonder who that is. There you go. And they shall no more be two nations. Hey, Steve, one of these days we're not going to have to battle two things either. How many of you are tired of battling two things all the time? I am. Okay. Neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore at all. Hallelujah. All right. Neither shall they defile themselves anymore by their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. And I will save them out of their dwelling places when they have sinned, and will cleanse them, so they shall be my people, and I'll be their God. Hebrews chapter 8. And David, my servant, shall be king over them. Come on. And they shall have one shepherd. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And they shall walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. And they will dwell in the land that is given to Jacob, my servant, and your fathers, and dwell therein. And even they and their children and their children's children forever. That sounds like a promise of Isaiah 59. And he said, My servant David shall be prince for them. Moreover, I will make a what? Covenant of peace. Now, how can you deny what he's talking about here? That's the new covenant. It's a covenant of peace with them and shall be an everlasting covenant. What kind of covenant? Oh, come on. With them, and I will place them and multiply them and set my sanctuary, oh, come on, in the midst of them. In union. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God, and they will be my people. And the heathen will know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forever. A new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. It's done, guys. It's just a matter of revelation coming to the Israel for the rest of what he's already paid for. It's already done. Well, don't shout me down. You you got to see it everywhere. In John, in John, chapter nine. I'm going to go to chapter ten. <clears throat> You know, the blind man, Jesus, came to him, and they gave him a hard time. And, and uh, Jesus heard that they, verse nine thirty five. Jesus heard that they cast him out. And we had found him. He said, do you, do, dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he said, who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said, thou that hast both seen him, and it is he that talks with you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. That simple. He came to his own. His own received him not. The Pharisees and the scribes, all the religious bunch, didn't receive him, did they? And look what Jesus said next. For judgment I have come into this world, that they that which see not might see, and they that see might be made blind. Some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said, Are we blind also? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see. 
Therefore, your sin remains. See, he came, but they refused to to receive him, and their sin remained. Verily I say unto you, that he that entereth not into the door of the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. You know, there's only one source. One is the Lord Jesus Christ, and every other way is tied up in the thief, which is the devil. It's another way. That's the only way, but it's a counterfeit way. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter. That word porter is gatekeeper. The gatekeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice and calls his own sheep out by name and leads them out. You know, there's a lot of gatekeepers in ministry. But as gatekeepers, all we do is open the gate for the sheep to hear Christ's voice. It's all about him. It's not about us. And when he put forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know the voice, know not the voice of strangers. And this parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things were spoken unto them. And Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. And everyone that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, and the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. And by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life, Zoe life. That's the God kind of life. And that they might have it abundantly. You know that word abundantly means above. It means on each side. It means below. It's the kind of life that's all around you. It's kind of got you in a bubble. It's abundant life. It's all around you. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his soul, that word life is soul, for the sheep. But he that's in the hireling and not the shepherd, whose sheep are not, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches them and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and cares not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my soul for the sheep. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one fold and one shepherd. What did we just read in Ezekiel? One fold, one shepherd. See, that's to go. It's the oneness of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, and we're with him. Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my soul that I might take it again. Your mind, your will, and your emotion. Therefore, do I lay down my soul that I may take it up again. See, it pleased God to what? Crush Jesus when he shall make his soul an offering for sin. That's what Jesus did. And he said, no man takes it from me. I have power to let down and I have power to take it up. This power and authority, he said, I've received from my father. I have power to take it up and I have power to let down again. All right. You get that? All right, so we see abundant life, and he is our abundant life. He is our life. And, you know, I was thinking about that word in Proverbs we talked about last week. It says, Proverbs 4, says, My son, attend unto my word. See, he is the word. Jesus is the word, and he's the life. Uh, before we do that, doing Proverbs, I want to go to, to John here. Look, chapter 1, John chapter 1. And all I'm going to do is get to give an introductory to this message today. But it's enough. 
In the beginning was the Word. What was in the beginning? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without the word was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The word was in the beginning with God, and the word was God, and all things were made by him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came to bear witness of the light that all men might be believed. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Now the true light, which lights every man that comes in the world. How many men? Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has set eternity in the heart of every man. A divinely implanted sense of purpose that nothing under the sun but God can satisfy God is so just that he places his light in every single man to come to him. But some love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil and they won't come to that light. But it's still there. God is just. Every single person that's ever born on this earth has an opportunity to receive him. He was in the world and the world was made by him, yet the world knew him not. Christ was here. The world was made by him, and still they didn't accept him, didn't receive him. He came to his own, and what did they do? They received him not. But as many as received him, to him gave power to become the sons of God, even to those that believed, guess what, into his name. Did you catch that? Not just on his name. They believed into his name, which was born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness to him and cried, saying, This is whom I have spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness, catch this, guys. This is not future. Of his fullness have we all received. That's past tense. Grace And that little word there is exchange. Grace in exchange for grace. He gives you grace that takes you to a point, and then that grace is exchanged for another grace. Why? Because he's full of grace and truth. There's so much grace you could never run out of grace. Grace for is the word exchange. Check it out. Grace for grace. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. He is the Word, and he is the life. Now, here in 1 John chapter 1, it's a long introductory here. Catch this. 1 John 1, 1, that which was from the beginning, okay, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Say word of life. Jesus is the word of life. That's why the angel said, go into the temple and preach unto the people all the words of this life. I remember two or three years ago, about two years ago, Jesus, he spoke real clear to me, the Holy Spirit, that I want you to preach life. I just want you to preach life. Amen? 
So we just preach life. For the life was manifested, and we've seen it. It was revealed. And bear witness and show unto you eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. And look at here. What is the goal? That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that you may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son. We talked about this in coffee shop this morning. God didn't save us just to keep us from going to hell. God didn't save us just so we could go to heaven. So what was his purpose? What, when God created Adam and Eve, why, why, why did God create him? What did God do every day? He had fellowship with them. Every evening, in the cool of the evening, he would go and have fellowship with them. So why were they created? For fellowship. Why are we created? For fellowship. That's union. That's koinonia. That's why we were created, for fellowship with God and his son. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 said, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son. What were we called to? Into the fellowship. And Jesus in John 17, what did he say? That the Father's in me and I'm in him and you're in me, that we may be one as they are in one. Why? That's called union. That's oneness. That is one nation. That's one kingdom. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Many members, one body. That's God's plan for us, is to have fellowship with him and with his son. But I'm telling you, that's, that's powerful words he's saying there. But he's saying in past tense that we heard this. He said, I laid upon his bosom. I handled the word of life, he said. And we saw him and, and had fellowship. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father. And that you may have fellowship with us. So we see that. It's in his word. Proverbs 4.20. My son, attend unto my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For their life to those that find them. And health to all their flesh. Keep your heart. That new one. With all diligence that he gives you. For out of it are the... Issues of life are the fountains of life. The life comes from the heart he's given us. Life is in the heart. People are looking for life and they're looking for health. And you find it in the word of God. It is the word of God. We only find these things, life and health, through his word. Jesus is what? The living word. He is the living word. I wanna, I'm here, while I'm here in First John... I want to look at 1 John 5, 4. Where do I break off the introduction? For whatsoever or whosoever, verse 4, 5, 4, is born of God, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. The victory that overcomes the world is our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. It is the Spirit that bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. The Spirit of truth. There are three that bears record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. You have that verse marked? You are too. There are three that bears record in heaven. The Father, and the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. That's a powerful verse. See, that's what we're talking about. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with the Father, 
It was the Word. And all things were made by who? The Word. He created it all. The Word created, He created the whole universe. And He's still creating the dead today. That's why it's so important that we speak all the words of this life. What she said. He wants you to speak what is in your heart. Out of the heart proceeds what? The words. Let those words of life come forth. There are three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. These three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For the witness of God, which he testifies, his son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believes not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God gives to us, eternal life. Can you catch what eternal means? It's forever life. And it's in his son. This life is in his son. Eternal life and this life is in his son. It's no place else. He is your life. Jesus is your life. He that hath the son hath life. He that hath not the son hath not life. It's that simple. Either you got Jesus or you don't have Jesus. And if you got Jesus, you have life. If you don't have, you don't have life. There's no other place to have life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we desired of him. Now, look where this goes. If any man sees his brother, sin is sin, which is not unto death. See, he's talking about the death, the life here. Catch this. He shall ask and shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. that do not say that they should pray for that. If you see your brother sin a sin that's not unto death, you shall ask life for that sin and it will be granted. That's powerful, saints. What do we do a lot of times when we see our brother sin? Uh-oh. It's a little opposite, isn't it? Instead of asking life for that sin unto death, we go tell others what we saw. He that seeketh love covers a transgression, but he that repeats the matter separates friends. Christ never exposed anybody's sin. He covered them. He always covers. Remember, love covers. The other guy exposes. What's our job to cover? Shall he that's, now let's see what it says here. He sees the brother sin and sin not unto death. He shall ask and give life unto him, uh, not unto death. Because uh, what is it said? It covers a multitude of sins, a multitude of sins. That's our job to cover and bring life, not to expose and bring death. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not because he is begotten of God and God keeps him and the wicked one doesn't touch him. Now, I don't care what your version says. I'm going to tell you what the Greek says. He that's born of God, God keeps him and the wicked one cannot touch him. You try to keep yourself and see how much luck you have. I like what the message Bible says. Eugene hit it. Says the God begotten or God protected. You like that? He that's begotten of God, God keeps him, and the wicked one touches him not. You know, sometimes these little words are, are, are tricky. 
You try to keep yourself. You, you get back under works and legalism trying to keep yourself from, from sin. You can't keep yourself from sin. He, he took care of sin once and for all for you in Hebrews. Once for all. And he's the one. That's why we have him seated at the right. He's always there to make intercession for us. Amen. Woo. Okay. Father, thank you for the introduction. Well, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we just ask you today, just help us see that you are our word. You are the life. You are the truth. And Lord, you, you're the one that keeps us. We are born of you, and you're the one, the wicked one, cannot touch us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So stay in the new man.